Welcome back, everybody, to our Let's Talk Green County program here on the Rackham Valley Radio Network, brought to you today by Jefferson A&W Family Restaurant. This is Coltrane Carlson, and our guest today is our State Senator Jesse Green joining us now. So thank you very much, sir, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Absolutely. Well, let's kind of right away out of the chute here. Talk about a bill that, I guess, garnered a bit of attention since it was introduced. We're talking about Senate Study Bill 3131 that is proposing to make some changes to how funding primarily works uh, with our public libraries as well as kind of library boards. So looking at one of those primary changes is changing state code uh, from shall levy a tax for public libraries to may levy a tax for public schools. And then it would also take over independent library boards or make decisions of who can serve on them in kind of a a snapshot of ways to probably say a little more eloquently than I can. But I guess kind of the first question I have for you, and then I'll have a follow-up afterwards, is why are you proposing these kind of changes to this bill? Because you're kind of taking the kind of, are you taking the lead on this one? Yeah, no, I, um, thanks for the question. And, you know, this came directly from the district. When I go out into the district, I listen to everybody, local officials, city administrators, citizens, whatever. And, and one thing that's been coming up since our property tax reform bill last year is there's growing complaints about from local governments about, hey, state, if you guys want us to be more responsible or restrict our revenues, then how about you take care of these unfunded mandates that you force us to pay? Ever since I've been in the legislature, we've always told ISAC and the League of Cities and stuff, get a list of these unfunded mandates, bring it to us, and we'll have this conversation. And it's never happened that that somebody's brought this list of mandates. But one thing that's been continual is most of the time, local supervisors or city councilmen will say, yeah, but you guys have a six-cent minimum levy on libraries. Like, why don't you let us make that decision for ourselves? And it's like, well, all right, I'll fulfill the promise that we will have this conversation about unfunded mandates within the Senate. So that's where the bill came from in regards to the financial portion of that. It just changes it from a shall to a may and allow the local governments to, to have full discretion over their levies. We always talk about local control until we don't like local control. And that's how I viewed this was trying to provide them more local control. And the other part, part of that is this is a study bill. Study is a key word. The only way that I can get the right people to the table to get information, the easiest way is to file a bill and to have them come to the Capitol, express their concern, or educate me on a topic. And so uh, this bill accomplished that, and I was able to learn a lot. For example, the average county, is my understanding, the average county uh, levy on libraries is uh, close to 15 cents. For Boone County, for example, I think they spend about seven and a half cents, so they're a little bit less than average. But as far as I can tell, almost every single levy and entity in the state of Iowa charges more than the six cents minimum levy. So by striking that wording out of code, it really doesn't change anything, but I think it creates a healthier conversation so that local governments do not blame, continually blame the state for unfunded mandates when that's really not, at least in this area of libraries, that's really not uh, an honest conversation to have with the voters. But the other portion of the bill, just in full transparency and clarity, is about uh, how boards are governed. There have been instances around the state where the board will nominate a library director that maybe isn't the right fit for the library from the city council's point of view. Maybe they don't have a lot of professional experience or uh, personnel management experience and so creates problems within the cities. My bill provides language that the city council 
has the final stamp of approval on a library director. I think that's a, just a healthy check and balance to add in the code. And again, this came up from my local officials within my district. So that portion of the bill is going to continue to take place and, and to, to continue to have conversations. Representative Norman has a companion bill in the House. He's already had a subcommittee on it. And so both him and I are going to try to shepherd that portion of the bill to the governor's desk. Well, something that did uh, correlate directly to Senate and more importantly to the Senate Education Committee was the passage out of a subcommittee of the governor's proposed changes after she made an amendment to those changes to the AEAs, the Area Education Agencies. And I believe the bill is now sitting in, in the Senate Education Committee of which you serve on. Can you tell us, you know, how's this bill looking so far? And the education committee and, and what are your thoughts about that those proposed changes yeah you know i there's been uh, a few hot topics not very many hot topics but a few in the past few years where the governor has an idea senate has an idea and then the house has a different idea and you're seeing that take place on this aea conversation it is a complicated uh, conversation you have uh, for example you have a teacher salary that's in this bill I don't think we can talk about AEA reform without also talking about teacher salaries within the public schools. I've heard a lot of issues of where teachers are wanting to, uh, would rather work for the AEA because it pays better and is less stress. Well, we need to address that, and I think we need to address that regardless if we have AEA reform or not. And so I look forward to that conversation. But I believe that now is the time to make the appropriate uh, reforms. The right people are at the table. The governor has forced this conversation and to bring everybody to the table and to figure out what's best. From my conversations within the committee and my colleagues, I think there is a consensus there that there's something maybe not quite right when we're the only state that pays the service provider directly and then we mandate schools to use that provider. A structure like that is ripe for abuse. And that is what I think is the number one driver to maybe to hire special education costs that other states don't see. Now, I personally, I am skeptical about some of the, the results, statistics that I've seen. Some people say that we rank lower than other states in regards to performance from these services in regards to special education services. But I've also seen other stats that show otherwise. I'm kind of neutral on that. I think, I think we are getting pretty good results from our AAs, but it's coming at a very high cost. So, my personal standpoint is I'm going to continue to drive the conversation on empowering our school districts to know what they are spending, give them the dollars, and let them choose the services that they want and at least understand what the cost of those services are. I think that will help drive down the cost of these uh, services and I think create a healthier system going forward. And so I do anticipate a bill coming out of the Senate. I do anticipate it including some provision of of empowering school districts to have more control of their dollars. But uh, we'll see how the conversation goes and see how the House and the governor reacts to that. Well, uh, and kind of dovetailing off that, so if I you correctly, if you can figure out a, a solution or a possible way to reconfigure the, the funding mechanism with AEAs and school districts, that it won't have to come at the cost of maybe eliminating services or reducing services that the AEA already provides is my understanding correct, or, or or how would you like to address that? You know, there's there's so many different conversations on that, but the last, I don't think that, that there's going to be a cut or elimination of services that the AEA provides. If that happens, I anticipate that it will only be because the school doesn't want 
a particular service from them, or maybe that they want to go to a different AEA provider. But I think at the heart of what needs to be accomplished and what people want is uh, at least more transparency and accountability with those dollars. And there's so many different opinions in regards to oversight. You know, uh, many, many say right now there's not any oversight over the AEAs. And that's what, what has driven some of the conversation about shifting some of the oversight to the Department of Ed- Education. There's some of my colleagues that have issues over that. So the only thing that I see that is building consensus is just let's figure out a way to empower our school districts to know what they're spending. That's what I see from my perspective. And that was our State Senator Jesse Green joining us for part one of our two-part series. You're listening to Let's Talk Green County, presented today by Jefferson A&W Family Restaurant on North Elm and Jefferson. Enjoy that delicious A&W All-American food seven days a week, and they're open daily at 1030 a.m. We'll be right back with more here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network.